Hello and welcome to Adventures in Venueland, an EAMC podcast. This is your all-access pass to go backstage and behind the scenes with some of the brightest minds that cross the scope of the live entertainment industry. I'm Dave Rettelberger. And I'm Paul Hooper. We'll introduce you to some of our favorite people as we dive deep into the world of live touring shows and the venues that host them. Today's adventure takes us to New England's largest sports and entertainment arena, TD Garden. It's home of the storied NHL's Boston Bruins, the Boston Celtics, and over 3.5 million people a year since they opened up in 1995. And we're going to talk today with their Senior Director of Marketing and Communications there at TD Garden, Trisha McCorkle. How are you doing? Hi, friends. It's so nice to see you. It's nice oh, to see you. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's been a while since we've had the chance to see you face to face, but wanted to just kind of talk to you about you've been there at TD Garden for a while. So tell us the current you know, state of events and state of how things are going out there. I have. I'm one of those people who started here when they were 12. Um, so I've been here for 17 <laughs> years, believe it or not. Um, yeah, no, and, and you'll have to let me know. My Boston accent gets uh, too much. Please, please stop me. Um, no, I started here um, in 2006. Crazy. But it's kind of been a couple full circle um, experiences for me. I was the publicity coordinator when I started here at the TD Garden. I was hired to promote uh, the family shows, which some of us have been there and done all these. I know Paul has. Uh Ringling Brothers Circus. We used to walk the elephants all the time. Uh, Harlem Globetrotters and Disney on Ice. That literally was my first job around here was just the PR for those family shows. Um, I was able to, you know, just pick up some more experiences along the way, was promoted to the director of communications on the TD Garden side. Um, and then a couple years later, picked up the marketing as well. So yeah, right now um, I have a team of 10 and I oversee the marketing, communications and creative teams for the TD Garden. It was once a rite of passage, but kids today that are listening, I say kids, I mean, I mean, you know, uh, people who have not been at their venues uh, for over a decade have no idea the challenge and joy of doing an elephant walk. So would you please explain for those people who've never heard of it, because for the, those of us who've been around, it was it was a rite of passage for Absolutely. so many years. But what, what, was the, what was the elephant walk back in the day? It's one of those experiences that's a great conversation at the bar because you can just pull out your phones and Google (laughs) elephants, Boston, um, you know, and just see them marching down the street. So the train uh, from the Ringling Brothers Circus traveled across the country. It pulled it into Cambridge. uh, And then we had to work with Boston police and everyone else to shut down the streets, shut down very iconic Memorial Drive along Boston's (laughs) Charles River and literally walk the elephants to the arena. And it was one of the most amazing experiences of all time a little crazy now that you think back on it but um it was pretty it was pretty amazing you know to tell them that you had to walk the elephants today was incredible it was a great news story but it it sounds like it's from a different time right of like they they pulled into town on a train it seems like it was a hundred years ago but really it wasn't that long ago you're absolutely right right. i know we'd always have the helicopters up above us and shooting the great video that day and try to keep up with an elephant too you were walking very fast Plus, they would always smash those watermelons and eat all the, uh, our other the favorite events. loaves of bread and everything. It was yep. great. Lunch in the North End. Crazy. We took them for two walks that week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so as, as a senior director of marketing communications, what does that mean? And especially, you know, obviously with the 
the you know the other teams that are in the building what's your role and kind of what do you do on a day-to-day basis sure um my quick pitch that i always tell my friends and family is um we have two amazing teams here the boston bruins and the boston celtics i work for the td garden so they have their own pr and marketing teams and they're fantastic and i get to work alongside them but i also get to do all the fun stuff so here at td garden we have over 50 concerts this year which is insane that's uh that's a record-breaking number for us you know when he started, I was like 12 to 18 every year. Um, so we have a lot of events that we're working to help promote. Um, and then if you haven't been to Boston in a while, you got to come because the TD Garden, when I started, was a concrete box. Um, it was the best arena um, experience in town, as it always is. But it has expanded <laughs> into an entertainment district at this point. So we call it the Hub on Causeway. Delaware North uh, partnered with Boston Properties and they really just built out. It was like the TD Garden was built six inches away from the old Boston Garden. The stories are remarkable and you can Google those pictures as well. Um, And then finally, the old Boston Garden was knocked down and literally I'm sitting in an office tower that's that's grown from that space. So it's the Hub on Causeway has been a really um, unbelievable project that I've been able to be part of. So in addition to you know, running the events and selling the events, running the newsroom is what I call it here around TD Garden, selling premium tickets, uh, making sure those marketing campaigns are out there and about um, and, and doing well, but also um, the Hub on Causeway experience. So it's a full entertainment district. We have another concert venue out front. It's called Big Night Live. It's a smaller venue, 1500 capacity in there. Um, there's a grocery store. Cool. Uh, yeah, the biggest grocery store in Boston um, is in our is in our um, basement almost. Star Market, which is amazing. Uh, we go for lunch all the time. We um, run Hub Hall. It's another um, amazing like food experience out there. There's over 18 vendors um, that everyone stops in for dinner before an event. Uh, there's a hotel. There is the office tower, like I talked about. Verizon is the anchor here with 17 floors. I'm on floor 14. The Celtics are below us on um, floor 12. Um, and the Bruins share the space with us here. So there's just, there's a lot going on. So between the events that are, you know, the core business of the arena, um, also just making sure, you know, like that was so exciting to me is like, I was doing regular, you know, PR marketing for all these events. That's what I loved. And then they came to me and was like, you know, what about this construction PR? And how do you say no, this, this um, whole development has been a game changer in the city of Boston. The Jacobs family just had this vision for it and it's changed the face of Boston. So I've been able to, you know, from 2016 when we announced it and did the ribbon cutting to the hard hat tours, um, bringing the media in and really just laying out the story and this investment that this family's put in here. It's been amazing, you know, Um, and it's been a wacky ride too um, because we opened in 2019, right when the world shut down. Um, So we've all come in. Wait, everyone pause. (laughs) Yeah. We all have these crazy stories about that time, but it was, I mean, it was ridiculous. Like we, you know, had the big confetti day, as we call it, had the mayor down and really started to open up all the pieces of this puzzle. And then the world shut down. Um, But then we were able to come back as we always do. It's bigger and better than ever. Um, The events like at the TD Garden have never been more at the Big Night Live out front. They've never had more events. It's just bustling. It's just a different like neighborhood and like core of Boston. So you really have to come and see it. The Hub on Causeway is just, it's a game changer down here. It's connecting the North End, the West End. Um, and it's been fantastic for the community too. Like just these bars and restaurants. We also run um, Banners Kitchen and Tap, 
which is an amazing restaurant um, right out front. They have the biggest TV in New England. Um, so it's, it's incredible. It's two <laughs> How stories big is high. the biggest TV in it's, New England? It's two stories high. Um, the <laughs> restaurant is unbelievable. <laughs> and, you know, like a lot, our events are sold out these days. And uh, we're in playoffs right now with the Celtics still. Um, they're coming back for game five tomorrow. Um, but if you can't get a ticket, you want to be at Banners because you're you're here. Sure. You're at the heart of it. The TD Garden's the heart yeah, of the city. Yeah, yeah. And you can be at the restaurant out front. And the the atmosphere in there, the electricity, they have their rally towels going. It's everything. It's an extension of being at the arena. And uh, we're very proud of just all the um, projects and progress that we've made down here. What is it like? I mean, I think we are seeing this become, I guess, a little more common in certain markets where there is this more of this district mentality and having restaurants involved and having it be even extending the atmosphere beyond just the arena, you know, because there are a finite amount of seats in there. And it's, you know, if you're in a playoff game or something like that, you want people to be able to come down, whether they have a ticket or not, and really be in the thick of it. But what's it like going from marketing arena events and marketing and arena building to now being involved with restaurants and hotels and districts and things that are maybe I'm sure like marketing is marketing to to some degree, but also it's got to be very interesting to have different puzzle pieces you can play with. And how do you maybe collaborate between those areas? It totally is. Um, it's really made this area a destination is what we always say, because you do, you want to come down early um, throughout the playoffs. They've shut down the street across the street, Canal Street and open it up to the fans. So it's just more pedestrians out there. There's a, a Harpoon Brewery at the local beer um, set up like a beer garden out there. And there's yeah. just the electricity around the garden. Like you just want to be with the fans. So people come early, you know, you're getting your merch at the pro shop. You're walking around with the fans. There's a DJ going on up there. The electricity is just everything that gets you pumped up. And it's, it's really helped the entire neighborhood. The restaurants across the street are benefiting from it because it's just rising tides lifts all ships around here. So it's really incredible. Um, and then just working with all the different properties in the Hub on Causeway, like, you know, Hub Hall downstairs, like they're they're like, we have to get all of our workers in the Bruins shirts and the Celtic shirts for each of the game nights. So can we put it in order with the pro shop? Like, oh, fantastic. We want this whole place to kind of bleed green, sure. bleed black and gold. Um, so helping out with that kind of stuff, you know, it, there's no struggle now. You used to have to say like, what restaurant should I go to when I get down there? I'm like, you got the pick of the litter. We got Momosan downstairs. It's um, Chef Morimoto's like um, famous, you know, Japanese cuisine down there. It's unbelievable. Hub Hall's got 18 different vendors. You can get in and out of there for a slice of pizza, wow. have a beer. Yeah. Um, Banner's restaurant, if you get here early, because that place is going to be packed, that's the place to go. It's just the, the whole experience is just awesome. Yeah. And to be able to promote, like before it was kind of like, you got dinner somewhere in town, came down for an event and then left. And now you kind of hang out, you stick around. You can stay at the hotel overnight now. Yeah, like we didn't sure. have that before. Like that's just, that's the game changer. Trisha, you mentioned, you know, as, as we're recording this, you know, the Celtics are uh, in the playoffs and we were watching a game at home the other night. And my, my son says to me, you know, the, the Celtics are the only team that really should get to use green on the court, right? Because it's just, it's so, it's so iconic. So I wonder, you know, because you mentioned, you know, obviously you've got the Bruins colors as well. So how is a building, do you balance being this iconic building for two iconic teams and, and colors that are so vibrant? That's, that's a good point. So we are the arena with the most championship banners in the country. 
right? Humble so, brag. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So um, we do, we we thrive off of that. I mean, um, we're the proud home of the Bruins and the Celtics. Um, and uh, we just had a new naming rights deal with TD. So TD signed on for another 20 years this year. I mean, everybody wants to be part of this. Um, but to your point about colors and things like that, like we, we navigate that really well with both of the teams here. And we've got such a great partnership with, with all the teams, um, you know, the Bruins and Celtics logos are matching on the um, exterior window that looks over 93. We share signage, even in the hub entrance, as you come in, we work with both marketing teams to make sure we've got kind of even play out there. Um, there's a lot of times that we do welcome to the playoffs and how lucky are we in Boston? That's both teams. Um, not many yeah. arenas can say that. And we're, we're so, so lucky to be able to do that. And we're so lucky that um, those are the conversations that we're having is like, how do we share the space? How do we promote just being the proud home of these two iconic legendary teams? Yeah, there's just so many pieces. The Celtics Parquet is just legendary. It's just Parquet. That's right. Yes, yes. I know. It I see some legendary. of the other ones. I'm like, not as cool. Not as cool. Ours is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, when you are, you know, there in, in Boston, uh, obviously, you know, there's a lot of stuff happening. And one of the things that I'm intrigued by is I see you guys are doing some Latin shows. Oh, no, yeah. you don't necessarily think of Boston as a as a Latin market. Is this something new for you? You guys have been in the Latin market for a while? It is kind of um it's Trending up for sure. Um, we've had a couple of uh, Latin shows over the past couple of years, but I think we have three this year, which is fantastic. Um, it's just the energy in here is amazing. It's unmatched. Um, so yeah, that's been a that's been a different marketing angle. We're definitely you know starting to write some of our emails in Spanish, um, having them both in English and Spanish, um, and working on some of the signage around here. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a big demo here in, uh, Boston in the new England area too. So we're so excited as TD garden is just such a community center. We want everyone in here, you know, like everyone in here to just kind of experience the magic. So we're thrilled. Like I said, 50 shows this year, like that's unheard of. Um, and it's, it's like, it's just busy. Everyone's glad to be back and hanging out together. Aren't we like, no <laughs> kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Glad the market, everything's rebounded so strongly. You talked about, you know, you mentioned writing the emails in Spanish. So that's something that I think a lot of marketers right now are, you know, trying to figure out the best way to do this. Right. And, and so how we're wondering, how did you guys tackle that from your side? Yeah, we work with the promoters a lot to make sure um, that we're getting all the right assets and that we're like really just speaking to the audiences that we should be. Um, and we have a lot of in-house, you know, like I love for any show, you can find the number one fan for Blink-182 and they'll come and help you with a copy or the back of house gifts right. because they know it a little bit more than maybe you do. Um, but same thing with um, Romeo Santos. Like we we ask around and see who's who's the number one fan and like really kind of incorporate them into some of our meetings. It's been so helpful. Like use the in-house experts that you have. I loved the uh, Blink-182 welcome. I saw the photo on social it's where they gift. went into the locker room and they got like a custom shirt that was like their logo, but with, yeah. what was it, the Boston area code or something yep. on it? And then yep. and then they had, of course, like the, you know, the jerseys and stuff, but even seeing both jerseys too, like I think, like you said, you're fortunate and you have this market with two iconic teams, so you know, sometimes the jerseys feel a little overplayed in some markets, but when you walk into that and you see a Celtics jersey and a Bruins jersey and this custom shirt, it's a really, it was a very cool look. No, thank you. And you all have done custom banners, didn't you, yes. in the past that I've seen where you do like a replica championship banner, but it's got the artist's name on it and it kind of ties yes. into that. So, I mean, I love that. 
Oh, I'm so glad you see this stuff. Um, no, that's exactly it. So we, we I follow. Lead, I follow. Yeah, we lean into um, most championship banners in the country, and why wouldn't you? So we give each act um, their own championship banner, and as you know, it works well for a trade shot and things like that. But they're always thrilled to have it. Like it's you're included amongst the banners, and you're you are one of our banner moments. You know, like every act uh, should get those, and so it's been great. And you know, like I said, I'm working with like the best team right now. Um, the comms, marketing, creative, like just really come together for these gifts. You know, it's a new part of the business line is really to um, welcome these artists and make sure they remember Boston and they want to come play again. Um, so we've done some really um, incredible custom gifts for the artists. And like at the end of the day, your meetings about the Blink-182 gifts, we have the best jobs going. Like, yeah, right. No <laughs> kidding. <laughs> you know, like my boss, Jen, she always says we're not selling widgets, you know, and no offense to those selling widgets, but man, are we having fun around here. And we work our tails off like anyone does. But yeah, we get to have a lot of fun. You mentioned your team there. So tell me about your marketing team. Let's let's give some shout outs. Yeah, totally. So um, it's a team of 10, like I said. So the creative team has four. Um, Mark Majewski leads that team. And he also does the Boston Bruins um, creative, um, as well as his team, Jordan Carley and, and Bish. Um, and they're the best in the league too, I'd say for the NHL. So their stuff is pretty amazing, but they also manage, help us manage the TD garden in-house brands. That's everything from our premium seating locations, um, TD garden as it is. Um, and just all of our, um, assets, everything that goes out of this company on social email, the signage in the building, like they touch. So those guys are the best in the biz. Um, and then our marketing team of McKenzie right now, um, looking for a marketing manager, uh, she is just, she's fantastic. She is such, uh, she's just fueled by the stuff and all the fun stuff of a gift and stuff like that. So she comes up with the most creative things. Um, so we're so lucky to have her. And then the comm side of Meg and Courtney, um, they're the ones who handle all the PR, the communications that go out and the social media. Cause as you know, I mean, we run it. I say it all the time. We run a newsroom around here, the TD garden yeah. in Boston, the amount of news that comes out of this building, we fill four pages of the Boston globe every day, right? Like it's, there's a lot going on here. There's a lot going on every day. My background is in news. Um, and that's why I love this place so much too, is just because I feel like I'm still managing the newsroom. Um, so yeah, this team is the the best in the biz. Um, and uh, I'm so lucky to come to work with them every day. And, you know, my boss, Jen Compton too, I've been here with her for 17 years. She's pushing 20 now, but um, you find good company and you stick around with them. And that's what I always tell um, the interns and people who are, you know, looking for an informational interview, find the people around you who fuel you, who make, you know, make coming to work every day fun. Um, and like I said, work your tail off. But uh, if you're having fun along the way, it's the best job in the in the biz, for sure. I wonder if you could kind of speak to the history of sports in Boston. So I love that you mentioned how close the Boston Garden, uh, former Boston Garden was to the TD Garden. And you know, in in Boston, the Garden, the Garden, which is not the not to be confused <laughs> with the the Madison Square one, but but right. the the more uh, you know one with the the Boston accent on it. But mm -hmm. it seems like sports in Boston are maybe tied together more than any other city I can think of, almost in the country. Like other people, really are into their teams. But I've been fortunate to go to Boston once, and I went to a Bruins game, and it was very passionate. I mm -hmm. loved it. It was kind of exactly what I would expect it to be, but 
I feel like Boston and sports is kind of this unique blend where the people there it is like their lifeblood, and totally. it's like they're they're it's not even like loyalty. It's like this how they were raised and how you know it's like <laughs> the it's religion loyalty is like underselling. Yes, yeah, like a religion is maybe more appropriate, and it's got to be a fun, fortunate place to be in, and that you've got these people that are just so 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 oh, loyal, passionate, and the, the tattoos. Everyone's got yeah. a story. But their dad took them in in the Boston Garden, and I was here for that event. Do you remember the cigarette smoke? There was no AC <laughs> at that event. The visiting locker rooms never had hot water. Like that's the lure of the Boston Garden. I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. Everyone's got a story about it. I actually was never at the Boston Garden, um, but uh, my brother and my dad came to like the last uh, Bruins game here, and like just everyone's got a story. Um, but it is. It's in our blood. It's we're just so lucky to have that. Yeah, everyone's just got a story. Everyone wants to tell you their story, their favorite event here at the at the TD Garden too. But um, no, I'm so lucky. So I was sorry. That's what I was gonna say to you. So um, I started here when I first got the job here. Um, beyond the Bruins and Celtics, I mean, they were terrible teams when I started. I'm not gonna lie. Um, <laughs> and uh, so my father had said to me, like, "Can you get tickets to the Bean Pot?" And I don't know if you guys know what that is, but it's a college hockey tournament around here that, again, is just yeah, like these yeah. are just iconic events that happen at the Boston Garden and happen at all TD the Garden. Boston colleges, right? The, yeah. They all kind of do like a, BU, yeah, yeah. Harvard and Northeastern. Um, and I was like, really, that's what you want tickets for? But like that stuff's in their blood. That's what they grew up going to. Um, and we're so proud of events like that. Like Beanpot's one of my favorite events of the year. Um, and I will tell you too, we've made big strides. We're inviting the women's teams in next year. So we're having the women's Beanpot Championship, which is Very awesome. Cool. Like I'm just proud of this place. I'm proud to work here. I'm proud of the work that we do in the community and how we're, you know, and just inclusive and bringing everyone in um, and just having the best time. <laughs> Trisha, you mentioned, you know, you mentioned your, your background was, you know, kind of news. And I love that idea of being a newsroom. But you graduate from Emerson College and, and you go into TV for a little while before you then uh, head over to uh, TD Garden. Talk to me about, about your time in TV and kind of that, how you got that first job. Yeah, totally. So um, one of my full circle moments was, yeah, graduated Emerson College, went to work at Channel 5 locally around here as ABC, um, was working at the news desk here and actually worked a, a little event that uh, came to Boston called the Democratic National Convention. Uh, so in 2004, <laughs> the entire city shut down and, you know, this is where we date ourselves, but um, John Kerry was running for president. Wow, um, yeah. And I was working for ABC. So I was in the Fleet Center, which is our old name. Um, so I, I was here working, you know, never thinking that this is where I'd end up. But I was, I remember standing out on the arena floor um, throughout the convention. It was just a, an amazing event, a, just a, an event that took over the city, not over, not only the Fleet Center. And standing there on the floor and this guy with a very unique name took to the podium um, and he gave a speech that the whole room kind of went silent and stared at. Um, and later that night, I went home and told my mom that I saw this guy. He had a funny name. It was uh, Barack Obama. Um, right. So he spoke there. Yeah. So I saw him. So just, you know, worked here for that. That was unbelievable. Um, and then um, I was at the news desk. So running the assignment desk is uh, so much fun. It is the craziest job. And I try to tell interns and PR people um, to get into a newsroom because it is the best way to learn how the world works. 
we were listening to the police scanners, the fire scanners. We were getting, yeah. um, well, there was beepers at the time, guys. Um, but the <laughs> messages were coming in from, you know, boots on the ground and uh, sending out the reporters and the photographers to the stories that you thought was visually good, needed to be told, you know, all the stuff that you that made it to the news that night. Um, it was one of the most stressful jobs I had, but I loved it. And you also start to learn things about like, okay, Monday morning, they're Schedules are actually kind of full because there's a lot of court dates that happened over the weekend. Um, But what I mean is that helped me in my PR capabilities because I understood when they could use a story, what visuals they needed to send someone out to get it, like what interviews they needed to provide. So I love that job so much. And uh, I saw the publicity coordinator um, job and I've never taken a PR class in my life. My degree is in TV video. So, you know, I have a lot of interns too that come in and say like, hey, I'm looking at uh, going for my master's in PR. And unfortunately, I have to tell them, I've never taken a PR class in my life. Uh, like, <laughs> you know, way. it's just like, real world oh, experience. Live I think. You live it. You live yeah. it. And, and so I didn't know this is where I was going to end up. But it's been, you know, switching from media to PR. That was like going to the dark side. Like people were like, oh, well, that sounds terrible. Like, you know, and but it was a great opportunity for me. And that's how I sold it. I remember, um, you know, Jim Delaney is one of those guys that's a arena hall of fame. Um, he hired me here and he was like, you don't you don't do PR. How, why would I hire you? I said, because I know how the newsroom works. I answer the phone calls from these PR knuckleheads all over town and I could do this better than them. Like I know I can. And so that's how I started. Um, what really a pitch. Just that's great. Creating events for, you know, Cinderella. PR knuckleheads. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's my Boston slang. Um, but then I just, I, you know, working here at the TD Garden, like they, they own the team. Um, the Jacobs own the Boston Bruins. So I remember just like there was offices that were separated by a door. Um, our marketing team sat on one side and the Bruins marketing team sat on the other. And I kept opening the door. And I kept saying, hi, guys, just checking in, seeing what you guys are up to. And it just it was siloed. It was very it was just like an old school. Like it was just siloed. And I started working with those guys a little bit more. And they would say to me, Hey, you got a lot of cameras for that Cinderella event. Um, you know, I got this new player. Uh, his name is Patrice Bergeron, and he's doing a PR event. Do you think he can help? And I was like, Yeah, yeah, I can. So, you know, he was taking a kid, and I've told Patrice this story. He's he's going to be a Hall of Famer too. One of our best players. Um, he was taking. He was like he was an auction item, right? So it was take your kid in a limo to school with Patrice Bergeron, and I put it out as a press release and everything. And every camera showed up. I didn't even go to the event, but every camera showed up, and they came back and they're like, "Trish, everyone was there." I was like, "Guys, this is a story. This is how you do it." Like, so um, that helped me. That was like big opportunities, and that like I, you know, helped out the Bruins for a bit. Um, and then I've just been able to, you know, a lot of hard work and a little bit of luck, been able to open some new doors around here. But I do like just back, sorry, going full circle again, back to the managing the newsroom. Like, you know, I had to bang on some doors and get into some meetings because things would happen that I just I would hold my hand up like, did we tell anyone about that? That's amazing. Like just from the little things, guys, like we had ushers who had been here for 50 years. And I'm like, that's a story. You yeah, imagine sure. the stories yeah. that these, this guy can tell from being at the old Boston Garden to being here. Like, let's let's do some like PR around the team behind the teams. And we still do that to this day. But even just like, oh my God, the usher found someone's wedding ring. Like, you know, three hours after the event, they were still looking. That is so kind. Guys, that's a story. Let's tell right. that story. And then, you know, and those are just the feel good people stories. But then it was also just, 
our business lines and stuff we were doing. I was like, guys, that's another story. Like, you know, you had to come in with, with the news lens and really just want to tell these stories and, um, you know, and uh, I'm going off on these tangents. Sorry guys. No, but like, good. but so for PR and marketing, like back in the day, we used to fax press releases, right? Like we yeah. would, you know, yeah. you sent out the press release, you had like the local TV, radio and print, and that's what you did. And it's all shifted to social media and to influencer marketing and everything like that. So I've really had to be along this ride of like, I remember going to my boss and being like, I started the Instagram account for TD Garden. And she's like, I don't think we need that. Right, right. <laughs> and she'll I say it to the day. see your face. Yes. <laughs> she's like, I don't, oh, no. what are you doing? And I was like, no, I think we do. I think like there's enough going on around here. So we had to shift our focus from those regular channels. I still read the a hard copy newspaper every day and I watch the six o'clock news, but I am an anomaly. I know that, you know? Right. So now you have to really shift into what are the new channels that everyone's watching and listening and getting their information from. And so, you know, we pride ourselves around here. Boston is number three in social media, like behind Staples Center and um, Madison Square Garden. I'm okay with that. Right. <laughs> those are two for now, uh, amazing. For now. I, I, yeah, we might catch up, but those are two amazing iconic venues um, that we are happy to, you know, be in the in company with. But really, like we had to focus our efforts on like we own our own channels now. So, you know, maybe Channel 5 doesn't come and cover our event, but we are. And that might be more exposure than the, the news station. So it's it's still managing a newsroom around here. And that's what I really love. Yeah, I said team behind the teams, because even during these playoffs, we go around and we pick up an employee every night and give them like three stories on our Instagram and just tell them how long they've been here, what's their favorite memory and what they do. And like people are so excited and they should be highlighted because People yeah. put blood, sweat, and tears into this place too. Like we know that, and we're very lucky. But there's also there's a lot of effort that goes into making like the event day experience great for everyone, and that's what we're really proud of around here. And so, it's nice to be able to um, just promote all these great stories. I think you bring up a great point about how sometimes operation-sided people are so focused on doing a good job. And they're not as always focused about telling people about the great work they're doing. Or they might even think, oh, well, if we're telling people, then it's kind of conceited or something. And so it, it is this funny thing where sometimes there's all these hidden nuggets of like amazing work that staff are doing that you just have to like, what do you mean you've been doing this for 15 years? That's incredible. And I just need to, you know. I need to uh, like tell media about this. Like this is an amazing PR piece and they just don't even think about it. So I, I love that it, you know, it, it really is kind of identifying often the things that are already there. And it helps your brand. It just personalizes your brand so much more. People want to know that, you know, you have feelings. You're, there's pe real people who work here too. Um, we have two of the best stories going around here is our Boston Bruins anthem singer, national anthem singer, Todd Inguilly. He works as a bartender in our one of our premium spaces. So he goes down, he sings the national anthem, he goes upstairs, he changes, and then he reports to work. Like it's the best story yeah, going, yeah. but like, it, it's not until you're just like, you have to, you have to pull back the curtain a little bit and say, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, and another story we have is uh, John Grizzlick. He's been on our bowl gang. Uh, the bowl gang is the crew that changes over the ice to parquet. 
um, yeah, every yeah. event. Um, in Boston, we call him the Bull Gang. Um, he's been on the Bull Gang, I think, for 40 years. Gosh, he'll kill me if it's more than that, but it could be more. And his son is a Boston Bruin. Like, what? Wow, that's so Come cool. On. He's yeah. worked here for 50 years. And like across this, uh, Charlestown, which is right, it's a walk away, right? So his son yeah, grew up around here. His dad was working here his whole childhood. And now he's on the Boston Bruins. Like, it's just, those are the stories that you live for around here. And they're just the best. And I love them. Trisha, you know, I know that uh, obviously you've got a lot of passion for uh, TD Garden and, and and Boston. But I know one of the things you're very passionate about is a little side hustle you have going. Tell me about, is it is it sunshine and seaweed? It sure is. Tell Don't us about tease that. me. You know what? This is when you have to find the things that you enjoy to fuel you, right? Like just find the things that bring you joy. And um, this is a COVID project though too. Me and my sister uh, decided that our favorite neighborhood down the Cape that's what we say around here, Cape Cod, uh, down the Cape needed their, their own t-shirt line. So that's what we came up with. It's uh, sunshine and seaweed. You can follow us on Instagram and we sell t-shirts uh, and sweatshirts and some uh, some designs for it. But we get a kick out of that's it. So um, my family loves it. The neighbors love it. Um, and it just, it brings us joy. So find the stuff that fuels you, you know, it's a lot yeah. of fun. That's awesome. Hey, before we let you go, I want to hit you with our fast five. It's five quick questions. Just looking for your your quick instant response. Yep. First up, what was your very first concert? New Kids on the Block. Come on, I'm a Boston kid. Yes. <laughs> what was your favorite? Oh. How about your favorite concert? Oh, I just came from Taylor Swift this weekend, guys. I have to say her. But Pearl <laughs> Jam might be up there only because I hung out with Eddie Vedder until about three o'clock in the morning. Oh, that's a whole other story for another yep. podcast. Yeah. Uh, what's one word that you use that your friends always hear your Boston accent when you say it? Ooh, the garden. The garden. <laughs> do you know how many times I had to do my voicemail? This is Trisha McCorkle at the TD Garden. <laughs> garden. I swear this question was on the list before I knew your first concert. But uh, knowing you're from Boston, uh, who's your favorite member of NKOTV? <laughs> mm, Joey McIntyre. Uh, yeah, I mean, full circle moments. They came back that tour. This was amazing. Like, I used to have the buttons, you know, the biggest you oh, yeah. had on your jacket. Like, it was yeah. incredible. Last question. Uh, there's a reality TV show all about your life. Cameras follow you around all the time. What is the theme song for that show? What is the song that plays over the opening credits to the Trisha McCorkle show? Oh, man. Um, I might have to go with like cheers. Everybody knows your name. <laughs> there you go. That's great. Absolutely. Hey, I really appreciate the time. Uh, anything you want to plug, uh, any uh, social media websites, not, not that you need the help, but uh, any, anything that you want to plug while we got you here. Oh, you're very kind. Thank you. Um, you can catch me on LinkedIn at any time. And then I'm going to plug the TD Garden. Please follow along. Um, we're having a lot of fun here. So TD Garden on Instagram. Um Facebook and Twitter, all the places. Um, but thank you guys. This was a lot of fun. Oh, we yeah. appreciate you sharing your adventure. And, and a big thanks to everybody for listening to this episode of Adventures in Venue Land. Remember, you can subscribe and find more episodes wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We do love your five-star reviews. It does help other people find us. Until the next adventure, I'm Dave Rettelberger. And I'm Paul Hooper. Thanks for listening, everyone. I'm going to go park my car in the Harvard Yard. That was a terrible accent. Oh, my God. <laughs>
a nonprofit organization bringing together people in the field of live entertainment to discuss marketing, publicity, and sales trends. Find out more at eventarenamarketing.com. Audio editing and mixing by Camille Faulkner. Design and digital advertising by Megan Ebeck. Copywriting and publicity by Samantha Marker. Guest booking and brand strategies by Paul Hooper. Guest research by Dave Rettelberger. Marketing strategies by Paul Hooper, Megan Ebeck, and Samantha Marker. Thanks for joining us. Until the next adventure.